it starts with shifting your mind. Because as you said, if your body remains in that fight or flight state and you've got those stress chemicals and hormones, it is the absolute opposite of a badass state, right? We are going to be unproductive. Our body is fighting against us. We can't lose weight if we want to. We can't gain muscle if we want to. We, If we achieve our goals, it is going to be painful and suck to get there. But if we take those small shifts, we shift our mind and we shift our body and we get it to that state where it agrees with us physiologically, that's the badass state. That's productive. Successors, welcome back to another edition of Success Fundamentals. We have a very, very special guest today. We have Louise Valentine. She's an award-winning physiologist. She is uh, the CEO of Breaking Through Wellness. Um, Louise, thank you so much for spending this wonderful Friday with us. Thank you. I'm super pumped to be here. Absolutely. So, Luis, today the topic of discussion is developing dogged determination. So, we were looking you up, we were following your work, and we see that, I mean, if there was ever a person to talk to about determination, it's you. You, you have, uh, you're a physiologist, but you're also an endurance athlete. Is that correct? That I am. Mm-hmm. So, big part of success is being able to endure quite a bit. And the way I want to kick off this subject matter is, number one, do you feel that determination and developing determination is something that is, let's say, like genetic, or is it something that you have to train over time and you can become increasingly more determined? I definitely think it's something that we have to continuously train. Mm. I think that if it's one of those things you use it or you lose it. It's so easy to get distracted in life. And uh, there's just so much noise, even in like human performance. Like there's so many things to give you data on your body. And like, if you just don't have that inner belief in yourself, that relentless confidence mm-hmm. that you know how to master and own when you need it, you're not going to go anywhere fast. That makes sense. So do you think it's transferable? Like, as a physiologist, do you feel that if you can push yourself physically to certain levels and in continually increasing your endurance and your fortitude, that it has a spillover effect into other aspects of your life? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, I talk about next level you with those that I work with, work with who are endurance athletes um, elite athletes, and then just everyday individuals who want to optimize their mind and body performance. And that next level you, like when we PR a marathon, when we lose a certain amount of weight, it's but checking a block. Mm. But the ripple effect that you have, that next level you who shows up in life, that's what we're looking to achieve. It's the feeling of success, determination. We did it. You know, if it's next level you, you live as next level you. It's just not the goal that you meet. And is it one of these things where it's like once you hit that step, you're there and then you just continually progress up? Or can you kind of go back a few steps? Is it like a muscle memory uh, thing or is it you you understand? There's so many obstacles along the way. So I think it's the skill set and the tools that you have in the difficult moments that are the differentiator in your ability Mm -hmm. to keep progressing. Mm. that's actually the heart of what I teach. It's 
skills, what you do and what you say when it gets hard matters. How, do? how does focusing on your body, Louise, in terms of getting it to the tip top shape affect success in general, right? Because you have to think about like, especially if you're trying to go to the top, be like the ultimate version of yourself. You need energy, you need, because the only reason why I say this is because back in 2019, when I'm trying to, you know, build, building, I'm building a career and I'm not really taking the best care of my body. I'm just working long hours. You know how they say, you know, you have to, you know, no sleep, all this other BS that, that that's out there with this, which is crazy. My body forced me to relax by putting me in a cardiac ICU for a week, right? Because I was just going, going, going. I was stressed out, wasn't really taking care of myself. Then at that point, I realized how important um, health is, right? Because you can achieve, but if you're, not, but if you, if your health is out of whack, you can't really appreciate what you've done. So, have you always been this way in terms of you know being in, you know getting you know being your best self from a body standpoint, or like was something was it was it a trigger moment in your life that says you know I had to really take this serious because if I focus on this, I can become what I ultimately want to become. Yeah, I think I grew up with the opposite messaging. You know, it was, you have such a poor genetic history, you're destined for disease. Like, that's actually what my mm. doctors told me. And mm. I was told, you can't be a runner. You aren't built physically to be a runner. I was laughed at when I said I was going to run my first marathon. I was chronically ill as a child, and I missed like what? a third of my senior year of high school. And it was in those moments where I said, I'm going to do something about this. And wow. I've spent my entire life trying to figure it out. Like, how do we optimize our mind and body performance against all odds? And that is you know, kind of like why I stand tall here as a mm -hmm. healthy, resilient endurance athlete is because it's been a lifetime journey of reversing that message for myself, reversing that fate. And it's small, tiny steps, but it is, like you said, it's essential, that foundation of good health, a simple, focused foundation of good health. If we don't have it, we will ultimately become those negative messages that maybe others are telling us. For sure. So do you think, let's say there's somebody in our listener base that is saying, you know, I know that I need to get healthy. Uh, I, I want to achieve more in my life from a mind, body, spirit perspective. In your experience, where does it start? Does it does it start with getting the body going so then the mind and spirit kind of wake up? Do you have to get your mind right first, which then pushes the body? Do you got to get your spirit right first? like, Or does it depend on the person? I think it really depends on the person because some people really do. It's that that physical feeling, that adrenaline rush, that I'm out there, I'm putting in the work, I feel more energized. That's the motivation. And for others, it's, you know, they're starting from a place of a defeated mindset. So it's those small, simple mindset shifts that, you know, like every single morning you wake up and you have like a little tiny go-to morning routine that just shifts your mindset, gets you focused, and you can show up in the world just a little bit stronger. And you slowly make your way to that empowered, resilient self. So I, I really do think it's completely individual. Mm. Okay. Let's get deep and real, right? 
Uh, Brian and I was actually <laughs> talking about this. Uh, and actually, we're, 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 we may just turn this into a whole little series, but victim mentality, right? You, a lot of people were telling you, Luis, that um, <laughs> you're not going to be a runner or your own, like these health professionals was telling you, like, you might want to just prepare for a life of like, you know, minimal accomplishment because of your health. And you didn't say, well, they're professionals and they're telling me that I can do this. So I'm just going to just live this mediocre type life because I can't do anything because of my health. But you took the opposite approach. Mm-hmm. You challenged yourself. Say, I just, it doesn't really, yeah, because of my genetic history and I'm, you all say that I'm, I can't do X, Y, and Z, but I can. And I'm like, I'm going to show you. And then you made it literally made a life of it because of that challenge. Did you have, did you feel sorry for yourself at first and then something changed in your brain and then you, then you or in your mindset and then you started to achieve? And my second question to you is what would you tell people of the victim mentality where, where it's like, well, I come from this type of background, you know, I can't really do much than what my parents or my, you know, my family have done. Right. So I'm not, I'm not even going to try because that's what a history is. Um, you know, like how would you help somebody get out of a mentality like that? Yeah. I think we need to get the ugly out. Like there are going to be dark moments along the way. And my number one thing is like own where you are, own the feelings of like when I, I recently like a year and a half ago, had a precancerous diagnosis of my stomach. You better bet that I took a solid month to be pissed, depressed. Like I didn't know what to do. And I was a health professional, right? It's like my breakdown had to become my breakthrough, but I wasn't mm-hmm. ready for it to be there yet. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just say, t- get the ugly out. But the number one thing is put a deadline on it. Say, I will start taking one small step. Maybe it's a week. You know, maybe just fall off the wagon of health and fitness. And it's, it's, it's one week. You're going to come back and you're going to take your small steps. Maybe you get something like myself, a devastating health diagnosis. And you need to take a month or two, but put the deadline on it. And it's just one small step moving forward. And it's not necessarily like I need to have this whole clear game plan and know every single small step I'm going to take along the way. It's just, how do I want to feel? Can I do one thing to feel that way? Mm-hmm. And doing happens, that every single day. <laughs> what happens if you don't get the ugly out? Let's say you had that diagnosis and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to push through it. I'm just, uh, you know, the doctors say this, but I'm going to keep going. Like what happens to people if they kind of repress those feelings in your experience? Yeah, I think that you eventually do have the moments where it gets real and it might manifest differently for different individuals. Like, for example, I can think of a pro athlete I had once who got traded to a rival team and I followed him as, as his, um, as I was actually working as a sports massage therapist at the time, but I was really, you know, more of like a therapist for these guys too. And the way that this devastating event showed up in his life was pain in his body. Hmm. He didn't, he said, Louise, I can't push the sled as fast as I did last season. I'm losing strength. I'm losing endurance. I feel old. My body hurts. 
and it's, it's my muscles fault or, you know, like, what am I doing wrong in my training? And then over time we started talking about the trade and the fact that he was just mad about it. He didn't, you know, he's showing up in this new team and it, so it's more of for an individual, it's going to take some time, you know, to like figure out like, what is like, what's really going on here? But how can we, how can we shift this story? And, and, you know, every breakthrough looks different for every individual, but like you said, like it might, they might be just pushing through and powering through, but then you get these subtle signs from your body. I think like we, we get these red flags from our body that tell us things aren't right. And sometimes it's more of a, a mind performance. Um, that's the, the root cause and the problem in the first place. So, so with that being said, that. <laughs> from a physiological perspective, and hopefully I'm not a physiologist, so I hope I make sense when I ask this question. Using that example of that athlete, all of these negative emotions are not being addressed, you know, um, presumably like cortisol levels, stress pumping through his body. It's creating this anxiety, creating weakness. Is it effectively like you willingly putting yourself in situations where the happy chemicals fight the sad chemicals? <laughs> like I'm going to go for a run and the happy chemicals will just happen to be higher milligram level than the cortisol chemicals and then progress starts to happen or do you have to talk it out first and like can you physiologically explain to us how to fight that battle yeah and that's actually like the underlying of what i teach in my health and performance academy it's you know this four step process and we have to it starts with shifting your mind mm. because as you said if your body remains in that fight or flight state, and you've got those stress chemicals and hormones, it is the absolute opposite of a badass state, right? We are going to be unproductive. Our body is fighting against us. We can't lose weight if we want to. We can't gain muscle if we want to. We, If we achieve our goals, it is going to be painful and suck to get there. Yes. But if we take those small shifts, we shift our mind and we shift our body, and we get it to that state where it agrees with us physiologically, that's the badass state. That's productive. And you don't, I mean, some athletes are like mindset work who needs to train their mind. But when you explain it like that, are you going to stay in that unproductive state? Are you really going to keep fighting your body? Because your goals, you're not going to crush them as well. Untap potential. You're just leaving potential on the table. Louise, you you had a quote earlier just now that is really resonating with me. Your breakdown becomes your breakthrough. Um, that is powerful when you when you think about that, um, because that can be applied to so many different places in your life, right? So, and I love that you said that you took a month to just be pissed because and and the reason why I like that a lot is because when you go through when you get bad news or when something happens to you work-wise or, you know, when you thought you were going to land a client, but then you did everything you can, but then they went, they took all your information and used it and went somewhere else. I like that. I like the fact that you said it's okay just to be pissed off. Like it's, it's, that's a normal human reaction, right? 
because when you get the advice from these success coaches, it's always positive, 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 positive. Yes, overwhelmingly you want to be positive. But as a human being, if you've done everything that you can or you get a diagnosis that you weren't expecting to, you are a health coach and you got the it's like, yeah, I'm mad. I'm I'm upset about this. It's perfectly okay. And I think people need to know that it's okay to be upset with with bad news. Yeah, don't yeah. stay there, right? But it's okay to be it's okay to be pissed off. Right. That's one thing. The second thing is to break your breakdown becomes your breakthrough is like you said, in order for you to achieve your goals or to just achieve success in whatever fashion, you're going to have to suffer to get there. So your breakdown literally becomes your breakthrough. Right. If you're in the physical and if you're in the the fitness world and you want to look like a certain uh, image. You're gonna have to run. That's gonna that's gonna hurt. Uh, you're gonna have to do do all types of exercises that may not be comfortable, but that's what you have to go through to become that fashion. And that that's why sometimes I, I with excuses from people, especially when you see so many stories of people had less than and they started it somewhere. They're from a particular place, and you just hear so many excuses. You it it, it almost is like it bothers me for like for some reason it bothers me when i hear excuses why people can't achieve when they have all the tools needed to do it they just have to change this or they just feel like they want somebody to feel sorry for them for some reason um yeah you're that was i'm sorry i just had to i had to rant on that for a bit because that was your breakdown becomes your breakthrough that is so powerful how do people snap out of that in terms of trying to be victim, like they're, they're, they're victims. Let's just say, okay, Luis, yeah, you know, I understand what, what, what you went through, but me, listen, you know, I can't do it right. For some, for some reason, like what, like you had, you had to, how do you change your mind though? Like I know, I know you can go through therapy, you can do everything. Like how do you change this part of it? Cause this is very, very, very powerful. Yeah. I think it's, it's keeping it extremely simple because I, you know, I've worked with some like top senior leaders in the health and wellness world, in the military, and you could give them all the tools and all the strategies in the world, but if it's not simple, I, there's a little acronym I call REF, realistic, enjoyable, and flexible. And if it's not realistic, enjoyable, and flexible and simple, it's not sustainable. So mm. for that individual, it would be finding and owning the strategies that work best for them. And I mean, you could sit here and you could spout out all sorts of mindset advice and all sorts of different strategies. But for that individual, I'd be curious what next level you would look like for him. And then what does that person feel like when you're there? And then it's just getting a very simple and focused game plan to achieve it. And maybe it's just one small step, like I said, because mm -hmm. for some, that's enough. That's that's a place to start. Absolutely. <laughs> it's got to be sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I have a question that's like uh, maybe a little bit more evolutionary or like sociological in nature. And, and again, I hope I am making sense. So <laughs> we are in a society now that is very like plugged in, in, in the digital, so, oh, yeah. like in a digital way. So Instagram, social media, even your work life is almost entirely on the computer at this point. Yet we 
I mean, how many hundred years ago, 200 years ago, we're basically in an agricultural society where we would have to like fight off wolves and locusts and nature and all of these different things. So the, the question that I have for you is as a human body that for millions of years was forced to adapt to very straightforward stresses like wolves, like ice storms, like volcanoes erupting, where you could look at the stressor and it was as clear as day. That wolf is there. It's stressing me out. I don't want it to eat me. This is why my cortisol levels are high. What is it, What do you feel the current environment does to people where it's not that obvious? You get a LinkedIn rejection. It's, it's not as obvious as a wolf <laughs> uh, yeah. why your cortisol levels are going up. So are we like kind of in a weird place now? Like, is it, are we in a different ball game? Yeah. I mean, even like the, you know, the light from computers and the cumulative effect of, you know, even just little, you know, that's why I'm looking at like little differentiators, like what, how can we take the little things and add them up to move the needle? So that way it's not like overwhelming for an individual. Like, for example, like I took off my Garmin watch because I was having trouble sleeping and I put my, my phone on airplane mode to, you know, block the Wi-Fi. I've got my light blocking glasses or the little thing over my eyes to make it more of a cool um, climate, a nice sleep environment. But a huge differentiator for me was taking off my watch, my Garmin. And I've been sleeping so well ever since then. And like, you never know what is impacting your body. Like something like that was just such a small little change. And it made a big impact in my ability to sleep longer and boosted my quality of sleep. So yeah, like you're talking about these little impacts. It's like a bioaccumulation of just stress. And that's why some of these individuals I work with, we can make small changes and their quality of life is like, whoa, this is a game changer for me. And while mm. I, you know, as a physiologist, as a wellness practitioner, it's, you know, almost like common sense. And I think everyone knows it kind of thing. Like, oh, we've all heard that, <laughs> but are we doing it? Then, yeah. then it starts to make a difference. <laughs> Did you know that only 2% of the world's coffee beans are good enough for Don Pablo? For over 30 years, Don Pablo Coffee Girls and Roasters has been introducing Americans to the world's most delicious coffees. A pioneer in ethically sourced and chemical-free coffee, Don Pablo uses the world's best Arabica beans, hand-picked at the peak of ripeness for the richest and deepest flavors. Freshly roasted and naturally low in acidity, Don Pablo Coffees can be found online at Amazon and at DonPabloCoffee.com. For a free bag of Don Pablo Signature Blend, go to DonPabloCoffee.com and put in the discount code SUCCESS. All we ask is that you cover shipping and handling. Now back to the show. But it ends up creating this like stress, right? And and what I mean by that is if if, if you're in like the digital world, right, um, everyone's saying, if you want to make it, you have to be out in the public. You have to create content. You need to be interacting with people, you know, day in and day out. If you're not posting videos, if you're not putting up useful tips, if you're not putting up a picture of you ice skating, you're going to phase out. So to survive in this world, you have it almost sounds like you have no choice but to be plugged in. But then physiologically, it's driving you crazy. <laughs> so... 
how do you how do you strike a middle ground in those two realities? Yeah, I think it's looking where you can maximize your results with the minimal amount of effort. Mm. Like taking a strategic, I call it a strategic hustle. Even if you need to post content, like make it strategic. Do, you know, maybe master like one or two platforms, don't do all 15. And it's not necessarily mm. what they say is best, it's what's best for you. So it can be flexible mm. for your life and actually sustainable. But then looking at like, so that your business practices and you have to be at the computer, but what can you do mind body wise, even though, you know, you have to do that to move the needle in your health. So an Mm -hmm. example would be, you have to be at the computer, but did you know, just simply standing up like every 15 minutes is going to make a huge difference in your ability to fight off type two diabetes because your insulin cells are going to be able to kind of just revert back to a state where, okay, I moved. You're using your quad muscles. They're big. They help you get up. And it's just literally standing up or move just like five minutes after you eat. That's one of the keys to longevity. Just let your body use a little bit of that food and help stabilize your blood sugar. There's this like little things you can do in that environment Mm. to change the game. Mm. I like that too, because um, like you said, like in, in this world, I think that you have to, depending on what you're doing, you have to operate in this world like you, in in order for you to be successful, but you can do it very strategically. Being that we are in a digital world, and especially if you're in business for yourself, you need, you need to be seen. You have to do what you need to do. But also there's tools that can make things very easy for you. So if, if you know that um, being online all the time or trying to post all the time is stressful and kind of gets on your nerves, there's a system where you can schedule out posts for like two weeks. So it's as if you're posting it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But you're not really you know, you're not you're not physically doing it. Right. So it's like, OK, I know I have to post. I know people need to interact i know i need to be out there and be like the face of this thing but you can do it in a healthy way that acts as if you're doing it which is just automated right so it's just like you know i'm gonna post monday wednesday and fridays three three times a day here here's all my posts here's it scheduled and then just say boom so you can do whatever you need to do to keep your mind sane and your body at tip-top shape and whatever you 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 need to do um so Luis, i have a, a random question how how physical are human beings supposed to be? And, and I'm going to try to frame this correctly. So let's say you have like a Chihuahua and a German Shepherd. And you were talking to dog breeders and you say, which of these two dogs is a working breed? They would go, oh, the German Shepherd. It was designed specifically to run in huge fields and get sheep all together so they're more physically adept to do work. Are human beings meant to sit around all like are we designed to sit around and relax or are we actually designed to like perpetually be hiking all day and like stabbing wild boar with sticks like because you, when you said you know stand up for 5 minutes there's a part of me that's like are we german shepherds that are now in an environment more for chihuahuas or were we always chihuahuas and we can kind of just sustain our, our our relaxed lifestyle and we'll be okay just relaxing? 
Oh, our body is, is capable of incredible things. You know, as like my husband being a crazy ultra endurance athlete, being surrounded by a lot of endurance athletes, uh, athletes, amazing athletes in general, our bodies were made to do great things. And we, like you said, we are in an environment for, I don't even know if it's a chihuahua, it's a parakeet. Like, it's like, <laughs> we are, we are definitely selling ourselves short. Um, I actually wrote my master's thesis on sedentary behavior. And mm. it was just looking at what are we doing to ourselves? And it's, it's really insane when we are sitting still for so long. It's um, like the muscle atrophy and what we're doing to our, just to our biology in general. Um, it, it is a fast, we're cutting the line to a, to a chronic disease. So mm. we, we need somewhere that's in the middle. I know we don't all need to be ultra endurance athletes, but I is one thing I, I'd like to get a mentality shift immediately with those I work with. We're going to treat you like you're an athlete because the minute you start treating your body like it's an athlete, like you're fueling it, you're not eating, you're fueling it. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you're fueling it to be a CEO of, a, of an organization, you need to fuel For to sure. perform. Hmm. So, well, it, you yeah. know, that, that that mentality shift is huge for the athlete mindset. You're 100 percent right. I was. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's it's crazy how uh, from a from a training standpoint that you you hit that spot on, Louise. I played D1 ball, and we were on a regimen. Like we had to be up at five, and then we had to eat this, and then had to eat that. And you really at the you know when I now that I'm thinking about it, we didn't think that it was just like like we were just eating. We knew what we were. The, our coach, our strength and conditioning coaches was training us to eat for things that we were about to do. Right. So like you said, it was fuel for, you know, the game on Saturday. Right. So it, or whatever the case may be. So it, it's. You're 100 percent right in that. I actually want to ask you, too, about the mindset of these like your uh, endurance athlete. Your husband is an endurance athlete. You've been around professional athletes. What makes them elite? Right. Um, like what, what, what is it, is it mindset? Is it like, is it like, what makes a person elite in that, excuse me, in that realm? I think I've seen kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum for some individuals. It was so incredibly genetic, like they could do nothing all off season and they were going to show up and start the next season. It, they just, they just had a gift others. I mean, I just, I saw guys who would just stay all night watching film they cared about every single piece of nutrition they put in their body. The minute they got with me, they were interviewing me about anything that could give them a cutting edge. And they went during off season, they were at these camps. They were working with the best coaches. They had their chefs, they had all the tools and strategies and it was a struggle for them to start to not mm-hmm. get cut from the team. And so I think that sometimes it really does take, an incredible amount of work for individuals. It's, but some, some do naturally have it too. And maybe, maybe that athlete performs in the league, but I don't know how they're going to show up in life afterwards when they're used to having things kind of a little easy. Mm. So I think we see, I think we see a lot happening there with that. (laughs) That's a loaded (laughs) question. (laughs) So within the realm of maintaining 
physicality in your life since since to your point before human beings are capable of doing tremendous things uh, is it like uh is this like binge exercising okay and what i mean by that is let's say you're sitting around all day and I'm, this is me so i'm just describing myself here so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know you sit around in front of a computer maybe you stand sometimes maybe you walk around but in the evenings you work out for an hour and a half two hours is that like a uh, the healthiest way of doing it uh, or is there like a, a a way that lines up more with like human nature like should i just like be doing all of my work while walking <laughs> like on my phone uh like hiking and working at the same time or is binge exercising good enough so so to answer the question if you were just binge just binge exercising it's actually called the active potato complex active couch potato so oh, it's man. you literally sit all the time and you can like this is for my marathon trainers marathon runners sometimes they'll run in the morning, but then they sit all day and all evening. Mm. And guess what? That's mm. another quick way to get a health diagnosis. And, you know, our body is made to move. It has to move during the day. I mean, that's the bottom line. And it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It can be standing after you eat at a desk versus walking. If you don't have time to go for a walk. Um, you know, get up and do a couple burpees in between when you're working on your, you know, your big project that you got to sit there. You have to sit at the computer for five minutes. Can you do some burpees? Can you do some squats? Every time you go to fill your water bottle, can you stand on one leg? <laughs> can you run in place while the coffee's brewing? Um, anything mm. just to keep the body moving, aligned, you know, stretching your chest, stretching your quads. Cause you're going to sit there like, you know, hunched all day and we get this mm -hmm. forward head complex, our quads get tight. And then we get all sorts of like, we go, we go to run in the evening and we're out of alignment and we're getting injured because our mm -hmm. bodies are so tight from sitting all day. So it's those little things. You, just how can you fit in anything to help your body move and don't overcomplicate it. Find what works for you and work it. Active couch potato. That's going to echo in my mind probably for the next like 15 years of my life. <laughs> um, it, it was man. so insulting to me as a, as a, a marathon runner. I was like, wait, I just did 14 miles in the morning and you're going to tell me. And when I looked into the literature, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so real. But it makes sense. I mean, if you think about like, if you, if you were to look at I don't know, even when they do documentaries on like tribes in South America right now, they're not hang. They're not like relaxing. Even when they're, even when they're like eating, there's they're still like doing things. They're, you know, walking. They're weaving baskets. They're fishing. They're swimming. They're climbing trees. They're always, always, always active. Their bodies are always engaged. And you look at our lifestyle in the United States. It's almost like embarrassing the way you're making it sound, Louise. Where it's like, look. At the very least, stand up, and it's like, it's kind of sad. To <laughs> Can you just do that? Can you just stand up? Goodness yeah, gracious, just stand up. I think you need like four sausages and like a whole bunch of cinnamon rolls. At the very least, can you please stand up? And it's like, no, I'll think about it. 
So what, anyway, I I digress. I digress. This this is very insightful. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I've kind of been known as like the office freak in the past. Like I'm sitting on a bouncy ball right now. And, you know, I always had like a little like under the desk elliptical or I'm doing yoga when everyone else is sitting at this like four hour long conference at their desk. I'm like, guys, let's do something. We can all listen. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. Luis, why, why I know this is near and dear to you you know, personally, but what made you make this into a career? Cause I know that, like you said, you, you know, you were diagnosed and then people were telling you what you couldn't do. And then you went out and did it, but why take this and make this like a lifelong mission and business for yourself? I think that there's just so much mixed messaging out there. And I honestly had to go to school as long as I did. And I was just continuously trying to learn a lot of the times just to figure out how to fix myself. And the fact that now at this point in my career, I can keep it simple. I can keep it real. I can find the good answers, the ones that are going to move the the needle for that individual specific goal. I, I just, I always say like, I can't sit here armed with this information and not do something with it Mm. because I have been there knowing what it's, it feels so terrible to be low energy, to be burned out, to be told that you can't run anymore. And, you know, we just get so much mis- mixed messaging. Like this diagnosis is your fate and there's nothing you can do about it except take pills the rest of your life. Well, you know mm. what? There are people out there that know otherwise. And then if, you, if you're looking for a solution, find the person that has the answers for you or is going to believe that we can do things a little differently. At least try. So I'm just inspired to, to help others who are in my situation to know what to do, to save that time, energy, and money that I spent so many years <laughs> trying to figure it all out. And for our listeners that aren't familiar, can you articulate the difference between, let's say, like a, like a family doctor and a physiologist? Because if they said, well, my doctor never told me to, you know, sit on the exercise ball at work, so I'm good. Like, can you can you explain, like, what your body of research is contrasted with just like a medical doctor? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's looking at human performance, optimizing the body's ability to perform at its best. Um, and that is in both athletic performance and everyday life. So it's a true understanding of this intersection between our health, wellness, and fitness. And for fitness, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be an athlete. It's just how can we keep our body functional? So we Mm -hmm. show up at our best, whether it's as a mom, whether it's as a CEO of a company, or you're an NFL player. And with the doctor, traditional medicine, um, in my experience, has always looked a little bit more towards the end of the spectrum while you're already sick. And it's not quite as proactive and preventive versus mm. we are already sick and we have to do something about it. Whereas I think more of a holistic approach um, to mind and body, we see a lot of times in um, both a really well, really great practitioners like function or, um, MDs, as well as everyone else in the health and fitness. I think it's more of like the individual's perspective because we can find both really great providers and some others that aren't, you know, so great. (laughs) 
100%. So I do have one totally random, once again, selfish question that I have to ask you before you go. What is your relationship with caffeine? What are your thoughts I on it? love it. <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I love caffeine. Um, I think there are many different health benefits to coffee. Um, I just know that it's a slippery slope with caffeine and you got to find that smart, healthy relationship with it. And this is like one of those things I work with individuals with caffeine <laughs> all the time. And, you know, even like with endurance athletes, they want to like, maybe if I just take away all the caffeine in my life then I can use it during race day, you know, take a break from it. And then I'll use it race day. And this is big, you know, change in my performance. Well, as long as you're not abusing it, did you know you could just switch up the source of the caffeine and you can get a boost? Like there's really? so many cool ways to play around with caffeine. I just, I love it. I'm not oh, gonna lie. Tips. Give us some tips. I'm a caffeine guy myself. So switch it up. What else? So for example, if you love coffee and you're not seeing, like you're just finding you have to drink more and more coffee to feel energy. If you just switch up the source, like to a green tea, it's mm. just a t different source of caffeine. So it's different receptors in your body and a different reaction in your body. So you can actually use green tea for a little while. And maybe it's, maybe you hate tea and you just find a beverage that has green tea extract in it kind of thing, mm. but switching up the source from the coffee bean to green tea is a way to kind of play around with the way caffeine is reacting in your body without having to keep drinking more and more and more, because that's, if we're at the point where we don't feel it anymore, we, we might need to take a break, <laughs> you know, for sure. <laughs> that's, that's not a good place to be. Very cool. Absolutely. Well, I'm drinking green tea for a little while, Chris. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like my Don Pablo, to be honest. I really, really do. <laughs> yeah. And I also think, too, just watching time of day, because if you're having trouble sleeping, like some people really um, are going to metabolize caffeine a lot faster than others. So, like, I know for myself, if I, even if I don't feel it at night, if I don't cut off my caffeine at like 10, I am not going to sleep well. Either that or I might wake up like three o'clock and I've got like techno music going in my head and I'm ready to work. Like I should mm. not be that way. I should be <laughs> a little too inspired. <laughs> Absolutely. Cut the caffeine off. Absolutely. Luis, we, we want to thank you for, you know, taking time out of your busy schedule to spend it with Brian and I today. You had to let our, our successors know where, where, where can they find you? Tell us about your business Give us the rundown of Louise. Absolutely. So I have um, breakingthroughwellness.com, which is my badass breakthrough academy. Uh, recently narrowed a focus to runners who are facing stress, burnout, or health setback so that they can optimize their mind, body, and running performance. Um, I also do take private clients. So you can find me at teamvalentineproject.com. I have a health and wellness and high performance blog. So you can find articles and free resources there as well as uh, contact me if you're interested in optimizing your mind and body performance. Absolutely. And successors, as you already know, we'll have all of Luis's um, uh, links in, in the show notes. I'm looking forward to this episode coming out. Brian, take us home, my friend. 
All right, successors. We had a lot of fun today hanging out with Luis Valentine. Thank you again for joining us. We're going to see you all next time. This concludes another episode of Success Fundamentals. We hope you found today's discussion useful to your life in some way. Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook.